Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Meniere's Muse podcast. My name is Heather, and I was diagnosed with Meniere's disease and vestibular migraine in 2017 and found myself craving connection with other warriors and found the more warriors I met, the more I was inspired and that my hope for healing came to life. I created this podcast to share stories of vestibular warriors, regardless of their diagnosis or where they are in their journey, to give hope so no one feels alone. If this podcast may benefit you or someone in your life, please forward this to them and make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you know someone with an inspiring story, please find my contact information below. We all have a story. Let yours inspire others. Today, my guest is Emma. She's a bright light in the vestibular community, currently 33 years old and living in Sheffield in the UK. She's the founder of Emily Yoga, where she teaches supportive and gentle yoga for people looking to support their mental and physical wellness. Her classes are perfect if you are a beginner, are struggling with stress, anxiety, or chronic illness, or are simply looking for a calmer, slower flow. She is also a caring and supportive massage therapist. Her focus is on promoting and providing people with a reset, rest, and healing through her therapies and classes. Emma has experienced chronic vestibular migraine for almost five years now and is no stranger to the vestibular world. She has experienced a lot over the past five years, and one of her big passions is to share her story and chronic illness journey to show others that recovery is possible and so are the opportunities to achieve what you want in life. Please welcome Emma. So many people reached out to me and, and asked, have you had Emma on yet? And I'm like, no, but let's, let's work oh, on that. <laughs> so, I'm amazing. So oh, no, I'm really like honored that people have put my name forward for that. That's so kind. Yes. Yes. So I, I know I, there's so many questions I have for you. I know that you're a yoga teacher and a massage therapist, but if you could share a little bit about your story and then we'll dive into what what you have going on now. Yeah, so um, I'm coming up to year five of vestibular migraine. So that is my kind of vestibular diagnosis as it stands. Um, But I, there's been mentions of things like triple PD and stuff along the way, but I think vestibular migraine is the thing that makes the most sense to me in terms of symptoms and what's helped me and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so I've had that for coming up to five years now. Um, I'm 33. And so that means I kind of got my symptoms in my late twenties, which I know from speaking to a lot of other women seems to be a bit of a trend that like kind of towards late twenties, early thirties is kind of a bit of a trigger. Um, and yeah, so I used to be a school teacher. Um, so that's what, what I was doing when the, the symptoms sort of hit me. So I think like a lot of other people was in a very like kind of stressful phase of my life I was burning the candle at both ends doing a lot put my body under a lot of pressure um, and something had to give basically and that's when the vestibular stuff started um, so it wasn't the biggest surprise in the world that something happened because I knew my body was struggling um, I just wasn't prepared for <laughs> the journey that the vestibular disorder can take um, I don't think, we, yeah, I don't so think I, any of us are <laughs> No, no, definitely not. And, you know, you have that kind of, oh, my gosh, what is what is going on with me, which I'm sure we'll dig into um, like on this podcast soon. Um, But yeah, so then I left teaching. I was signed off work for a little while, left teaching, started working um, in like an office job, which is like in education. So it kind of felt like it was still 
linked but they were super supportive of like you know my well-being and stuff so it allowed me to get back into work um and then I started exploring the the yoga and the massage and then that's kind of become my my main passion and what I'm working towards now is is doing that pretty much full time so that is kind of me in a nutshell um but yeah were you practicing yoga prior to your symptoms yeah so I'd I'd started doing it when I was a teacher so I was very much I was always into like my fitness and keeping myself healthy and stuff but it had always been very very physical high energy high intensity kind of exercise and it was just a class that was on the timetable at my local gym and I kind of did it not really thinking not really understanding much about it and it was a very weird thing when I first attended like my first ever class I was like this is different this is not what I'm used to going very slow and being very mindful um but that was kind of my introduction to it and then it kind of um I've kind of been in and out of it over the years um and then whenever I've had like a period of stress whether it's been health-wise or during COVID lockdown um it's it's something that's very accessible to me even when I'm having a bad vestibular day it's something that feels very accessible so I did have a a yoga practice before um but it wasn't until I did my teacher training that I was like oh this is why it's so helpful for me because you learn about the science of it and and why it's so helpful for the for the body and the mind so yeah that is so interesting I would love to dive in a little bit more on that and on a personal level as far as learning because I know there's certain poses help me so much I just don't understand why so that is all yeah and you are giving online yoga classes right now for the vestibular community or is it just open in general so it's open kind of general but all of my classes are they're very slow flow so I intentionally make my classes slow so that people um whether they have dizziness or not have time to get into a position find their balance or find their kind of moment and then check that their body is where where it should be and I think whether you have dizziness or whether you're just somebody who wants to practice yoga I think it's really beneficial moving at a slower pace because otherwise there are fast-paced classes out there and you know for people that want that sort of thing they're fantastic um but I find that generally you get the most benefit from it um, physically and mentally if you do kind of slow it down. Um, and then that allows me to integrate people that do have dizziness and balance because it gives them that time and space to kind of build confidence and get themselves in a position where they feel better um, kind of maybe putting their head upside down over time. Was that difficult for you when you first began? Yeah, so I had to kind of develop a yoga practice which allowed me to pop my head upside down um which I've just kind of had to experiment over time um with what works for me but I've got I've kind of picked up some little tips and tricks that really help me like um closing my eyes for example if I'm coming out of a forward fold I find if I keep my eyes closed keep them closed while I'm stood up let everything settle and then slowly open them again it's like it just gives the body time to catch up. So there's little tips and tricks that I've picked up along the way for my own practice that I just include as standard in my normal classes. So interesting. When when your vestibular symptoms came on, what were you experiencing? 
Um, so the initial um, symptom was like the vertigo and the balance issues. And it wasn't something that was brand new to me. I'd had little bursts of it in the past, but kind of just it went away and then it came back and it went away. So it didn't feel like anything kind of that I was worried about. Um, but that was the first thing that kind of hit me. And then it was this feeling of like whatever people describe it as, whether it's derealization, the spaced out feeling, the I think sometimes people call it Alice in Wonderland syndrome, where you just your body feels weird and your vision doesn't feel real. That was the biggest one. Um, the visual stuff, which I think anything to do with your sight is really, really scary. Um, because if you can't see properly, you don't feel safe anymore. And I think that was the biggest problem for me at the start was that I was like, I don't, I'm not seeing things right. And I couldn't explain to people what I meant by that. So yeah, those were my main two symptoms that hit me at the start. It's a really hard one. I hear it a lot in, um, in the vestibular community and with a lot of people that are more highly active prior to mm -hmm. a couple personal trainers, um, Amy Shockett. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Me and Amy, I've never met her, but we do. Right. One of her biggest ones. Lot, yeah. Yeah. Was the derealization. And, um, and I know that she posted online videos when she was experiencing that. And it was just heartbreaking, you know, to have that feeling and that sensation. What is the biggest challenge that you have today as far as symptoms? Um, yeah, I, I think that's my one symptom that never truly, I, I can say that I've never really had a proper break from it. All my other symptoms, and, and I think from speaking to other people, people like Amy, we've sort of discussed that all the symptoms are up and down and I can have periods of time where I don't have any vertigo or balance issues, but the derealization, it's just, it's just lingering. And some days it's more intense and some days it's more manageable, but it's always there. And I think that it's one of the most debilitating and the hardest to describe and understand um, but I think it's one of the hardest to get rid of. Um, so I think that is my most trouble. It doesn't really affect what I do. It affects how I feel. Sure. You know, it makes me feel like I'm not here, which obviously then like affects my mood. And almost. Yeah. So I can, you know, we walk in as normal. I can physically do everything, but mentally it's, it's a struggle feeling like you're not on the planet. <laughs> right. Right. I don't know that I've actually had the derealization. I have had it where um, I just feel off and like, like I'm just going through the motions. I don't know if that's, mm -hmm. but I see my body going through the motions. I just don't, yeah, I can't explain it at all. It's kind of, that happened at the beginning of my journey as well. Yeah. I think people describe it in different ways, but I think we're all kind of alluding to a similar sensation. Right. But I remember trying to describe it to doctors at the start and I just didn't have the <laughs> words for it. I was like, I feel, I said to them, I feel like I'm 2D. And they were like, what do you mean you feel like you're 2D? And I was like, I don't know how else to describe this. I said, it's right. like I'm drunk, but I'm not because I'm mentally, I'm not drunk. It was so hard right. to describe. So when I found the vestibular community and people were describing it in these different ways, I was like, oh, this is how I can describe it basically. Right. Wow. How did your family... Um react to this I mean were there any changes in the dynamics of your family and friends yeah I think the, the biggest thing was was just the lack of understanding and, and that was that was not through any fault of their own it was because right. I didn't know what was going on so for yeah. them it was so frustrating particularly with my parents because my, my parents are amazing and they've they will do anything to support me but they were like 
how can we help you and I was like just make it go away and they were like we can't we can't do that um so they were you know driving me to countless appointments I'm sure everybody's been through it but you know chiropractors osteopaths physios taking me here there and everywhere um so it definitely particularly with my immediate family was was a really stressful time because their you know healthy 28 year old daughter who was doing everything gym work friends partner all of that all of a sudden I was back home and I was a shell of a person so for them it must have been so difficult to see me in that way so for that first sort of six months it was it was such a struggle um particularly for my family I think to see me they were really worried about me physically and mentally because you, you go to a really dark place when you when you first have a vestibular diagnosis so yeah it certainly put a lot of pressure I think in that way I know you mentioned being in that dark place um I think a lot of us a lot of us can relate to that and it's looking back it's it's hard to believe that that I was actually there but um mm. I will not cry I will not cry <laughs> but how did you pull yourself out of that what was the the game changer for you um I think I mean I was asked this recently for um I'm, I'm part of the you know the life rebalanced um yes chronicles um yes yeah, so I'm doing that and I think it wasn't until I um I spoke to Kimberly that I kind of realized what it was that was my kind of turning point and I was sort of saying that it was actually it wasn't you know when I started feeling better it was when I started doing more which then led to me feeling better so it was like you know okay I'm going to go out for a meal with my friends and it's going to be so uncomfortable but I'm just going to do it or I'm going to go yeah exactly knowing that I think by by that point I knew that nothing terrible was going to happen as a result of the symptoms whereas at first I thought I was dying (laughs) you know you're like well I can't go out because what if I pass out or what if I something happens and it you know it makes it worse but I think by that point I knew well it's not going to make it any worse so let's just give this a go and as soon as I started doing that I suddenly felt well I've, I've managed that I've just survived that I've done that thing nothing awful happened it's not made it worse it's not made it better so I think then little by little, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then that's just carried on for the last five years to the point where I can't actually believe my life now and how far I've come. So, yeah, I'd say it's the biggest thing is is taking the, the steps and taking the risks that still feel within your comfort zone, but are just that little bit outside of your comfort zone, Maybe. if that makes sense. Absolutely. I hear yeah. a lot of people that reach out and they're like, well, how do you, how do you get past that mind, um, that negative mind space where what if this happens? What if I fall? What if I become dizzy, you know, going out to lunch and things like that. And it's, it is, it's tough, but you really have to say, okay, what if, and move and take that baby step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think it was, it was hard at first and there was a lot of occasions where I would go out and then I'd be on the phone to my mom outside going I can't do this it's this is too hard and she'd have to calm me down and talk me around um but I think the biggest thing that helped me was having my a physical toolkit with me so in my bag I'd always have a snack a bottle of water a pair of sunglasses a pair of blue light blocking glasses a cap just having those things even if they never got touched I was like I have another layer of things so if I was out I'm starting to get a bit bit dizzy sunglasses go on 
a little yeah. bit dizzier baseball cap goes on yeah. so I had like this like layer of things that I could add knowing that if I was struggling I could be like right well let's add a layer of protection for myself here um but then I just think knowing that I could step away from a situation was was helpful as well like my friends knew that I wasn't very well so if I had to leave early they would be really understanding about that so I think going to do things with the right people that understand and then having your personal help kit your personal toolkit are my two biggest tips I think for getting back out there I love that I think being prepared is is huge and having those people you do trust in is so important um yeah I know I know the community they really focus on the friends that disappear um after these mm-hmm. these symptoms come on but we really have to focus on people that are there and trusting that they'll Mm -hmm. be there for us if those things happen. But I do love that you mentioned the toolkit and having that, because I think a lot of us forget about that. Okay. We have it here at the house, but yes, take it with you and have that as Mm -hmm. a security. I love that. I love it. Love it. it. Yeah. So the derealization, the fatigue, the vertigo, and then the visual issues, do you still suffer with, I know the derealization you still have from time to time. Do you still have those today? Yeah, so I would say, and it's I find it's a really fine line, and I think a lot of people probably feel like this. You don't know whether you've got a lot better or whether you've just got used to it. <laughs> uh, there's like a, I imagine it's the same for people that have chronic pain. Over time, you get used to feeling that certain level of pain. I imagine so. You're like, am I getting better or am I just getting used to feeling a certain way? Because the body adapts so fast yeah. that. I'm like, have I got the same symptoms that I had three years ago? Or yeah. am I just used to feeling like this so it doesn't panic me as much? Um, but yeah, I do still have um, daily symptoms every single day. Um, what I've found is the more I, and I don't like to use the word distract because it makes it sound like I'm not, it, that, that sounds negative. But mm-hmm. I think what I do is is focus my attention on something that brings me joy and happiness and in doing that it allows the symptoms to kind of fade to the back of my mind um yeah so I I get daily symptoms but they are manageable to the point where I live pretty much a normal quality of life so yeah fantastic yeah I find I find that when we sit there and focus on the symptoms so much I find that they um they sometimes amp up but when we do, like you said, mention, um, focus on something else, something that brings you joy or something outside of yourself mm-hmm. does help. But sometimes I forget that I have symptoms and I do have them mm-hmm. daily. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Same. Yeah. And I know I was reading um, some things you sent me that you believe in reset, rest and healing through uh, the journey, right? Can you explain to me yeah. what healing means to you? Because it means something different for everyone. Yeah, I think um, for me, the healing, it, it's more of a mental thing. I think for me with the healing, it's its finding, it's understanding myself. It's accepting, you know, what's going on for me mentally. It's understanding why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Um, it's improving myself my attitudes the way I deal with life and I find that that then helps you heal the physical side of things um and I think particularly with the yoga and massage 
that helps you to find some healing as well. And I think then that allows you to, to find the physical healing. So I, I love the word healing rather than kind of recovery or like cure or something like that, because it you can say that you're healing. You can say that and it's a really po- it feels like a positive thing to say yeah. that I am currently healing. Um, so I, I love the idea of, of bringing that into my yoga and into my massage because the body can it does a lot of self-healing um so and there are so many things that you can do to to bring that physical healing about um but I think for me yeah it's meant it's the mental healing I think that that is the is the most important thing for me and I find that the word healing like you said is on a positive note I think it's a continuous Mm. thing it's always yeah and um the more positive we put in and the better we treat our body and learn to treat our body because I don't know about you, but prior to, I was doing a lot of hit exercises and mm-hmm. um, just really hardcore stuff and on top of everything else and just not listening to what my body wanted. And um, I found with yeah. yoga, I found with yoga, not only did it teach me to be more present and more intentional with my moods, it also, mm-hmm. it also it's such a workout. I mean, there are different levels. Like you said, you're more slow flow. Um, but I do challenge myself on occasion. And even with the slow flow, I fly, I find I'm sweating and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling just not so much soreness, but like I am working out. So I, I enjoy that very much. Do you love that? Yeah, I mean, I think actually sometimes it can be harder with the slow flow because you are holding positions for longer. So your your muscles are firing up. So if you're doing, I don't know, say a warrior two and you're kind of got your arms out and your front legs bent and you're holding that for a few breaths, to hold your arms up like that even in right. itself is really quite difficult. So I think they're hard in different ways because I think the, the faster flows, it's more the energetic and keeping your momentum going there but with the slower flows it's the strength and to actually hold a pose for a few seconds it can be really difficult so I think um just because the class is slower it can still be quite challenging for the body which I think is why it's good for vestibular patients because you're still strengthening the body and giving it some physical activity but it's it's not going to make you feel like your head's spinning and you know, like you're having to jump around and stuff. So that's why I really love the slow flow. I, I love that too. The static, the static movement is um, is so good. And I think people get intimidated by trying yoga. And it's, mm-hmm. the thing is that if you're not comfortable in a pose, and please tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a teacher, but I've, I've experienced a lot since 2016, because I found yoga there is so beneficial that if you're not comfortable in a pose, then you go down to a pose that you are comfortable in until you can come out of that pose to try something else. So it's not very, um, it's not so regimented that you can't adjust. Yeah. I think that's, that's what I love about yoga is that there's absolutely zero pressure to do things in the class. If there's any pressure, it's, it's what people put on themselves of I've got to do this pose. And I work really hard in my kind of explanations in my classes to be like, your pose is not going to be the same as your next door neighbor's pose. It's, you know, yoga is not competitive is something that I say a lot in classes because I think every other physical activity, it feels very competitive. Like you're, you've got to do it better than somebody else. Um, And actually in yoga, it's actually 
in most classes from most teachers, they'll say things like, if you need to have a break at any time, go into a child's pose, go into a seated position. And that's that's in, in yoga, it's one of the, the few places where that's actually encouraged. Whereas in if you went to another exercise type class, I remember when I used to go to my, my high intensity ones, it'd be like, yeah. come on, keep going, yeah. don't stop. Right. <laughs> so I that's love that you can have yeah. those breaks. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's awesome. And how long are your classes online? So I tend to do 45 minutes. Um, I sometimes do hour long ones. Um, I, when I did some specific dizzy ones, I did them for 30 minutes. Um, but what I do with my online classes is I record them all. So I do them via Zoom, but I record them so okay. that if people aren't feeling up to it on one day, if they want to do it, you know, stop and start it, then then that's completely up to them. So it kind of gives you that flexibility. Um, and I think doing something from home is like the first step in because going to a yoga class you're like oh people are going to be there what if I was to wobble what if I was to fall over yeah so being in your own home you can you know have a wall next to you you can have cushions around you know you can make it as comfortable and safe as as you feel like it needs to be and then take it at your own pace if you need to have a moment you don't have to worry that other people in the class are still going you know because you're probably going to have your camera off if you're not feeling that confident so right. I think online stuff is is really really helpful for when you're kind of first putting yourself back out there right. absolutely I think it's a great idea and that the fact that it's recorded so if you're having a bad day you can push it off for a while until you're feeling better yeah definitely so you're doing life rebalance chronicles season two yeah. did you know that I'm part of that too no I, well actually I think when I spoke to Kimberly I think she mentioned some names to me but I couldn't remember which yeah which name she'd mentioned yeah yes. oh, amazing I know it's such a great group of people oh, I mean the first, <laughs> the first group um gosh it was such an emotional um season and now yeah. they're flipping it and doing it a little bit different I guess each warrior will have their own month or something I guess yeah. I'm not really sure, but the, I guess it's going to start um, dropping next month. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I'm just currently getting my B-roll stuff sorted. Um, but no, I think it's. I think it's amazing. I think it's such a. It's such a great idea, and I really wish that when I first started about my vestibular journey, that something like this was available because I think it would have been like such a, a weight off my shoulders realizing oh, no. that there's. All you know, these people understand. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we can see that. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make it through this by watching. Yes, what we're yes. talking about is the Life Rebalance docu series. Um, that the, the Life Rebalance Chronicles docu series. Um, yeah, did I say that right. And then yeah, um, I think so. We are part of season two with between us and seven other lawyers, and we'll be mm -hmm. they'll be sharing that. I believe they start it next month, so be sure to watch out for that. But it's um yeah and I noticed that it's on the disorder channel on did you did you know that no I didn't I just found it um here in the states on the Roku if you go through and you can download certain channels like Peacock okay. or um, Netflix and things like that if you pop yeah. in the disorder channel there is Life Rebalance Chronicle docuseries oh no way that's yeah. so cool it is really cool that's so. amazing and Kimberly is just, just wonderful. I mean, she's oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't wait to see your, your, how everything comes together. They sent me mine last week and I was like, 
blown away oh so. no way oh I can't wait to see yours because <laughs> I think it's it's such an insight isn't it into like your everyday life and I think that's what makes it so powerful because you're getting more than just you know because I've done like little update videos and post them on YouTube but it, it goes deeper than that and I think oh. that's what's going to make it so special oh much deeper and they're so good at it and they're just the emotion that they mm-hmm. capture and um yeah it's stirring. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh, goodness. What is the biggest challenge that you have today? So my biggest challenge, and it, it is it is self-inflicted, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is that I I am a very busy person. So I and I, I thrive off doing a lot. Oh, goodness. And Emma. <laughs> I'm not very good. I know. So I'm not very good at slowing down and saying no to, to, to opportunities when they come up. Um, and I love saying yes to everything. <laughs> I you don't find you have more anything. symptoms? Um, yeah, so I know when, it's, when I'm pushing my body to that kind of point, and that's when I go, okay, I need to have a day, a day of rest. And so I normally catch myself just as I'm going to that point, and I pull myself back in. So my biggest challenge is is reminding myself to slow down. Um, basically, I need to practice what I preach because I tell people in my yoga classes and massage that they need to rest and slow down. And then I'm doing seven million things at once. It's hard because I'm yeah. sure in your previous life, you were like that too, prior to mm-hmm. mine too. I was just busy, 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 busy. No white space mm-hmm. on my calendar, but yeah. I love the white space. And now today, yeah. it fuels me up. Um, I hope you find your way there. Yeah, and I, well, I've I've kind of I realized recently that I was doing so much and decided that I was going to block out a whole week in April where I did no yoga, no massage, and I've actually booked myself a little solo holiday to Spain. So I'm going to go by myself, take some books, and that's going to be my proper chance oh. to kind of pause and reflect. So that is like my big rest coming up soon. Awesome. Will you be pulling off social media for that week also? I don't know. That's it's hard. That's hard. But I, I don't you, know whether feels, yeah. It's it's uncomfortable, but it really after the third day you're like, oh, okay, I needed this. I needed this. Yeah. I it's probably okay should actually. Yeah. Yeah. It feels I think when you do like with my like kind of the yoga and stuff being so like online, I feel like I, I like keeping that up to date, but I, I definitely think if I'm not teaching and I don't need to like, you know, don't need to promote my classes and keep people updated, it's not as I can step probably step away from it. So probably hey, a good have... reminder for me to to step they away. <laughs> it was really hard at first, especially after starting the podcast saying, okay, I need time. Um, like this past yeah. week with Vita Live, there was so mm-hmm. much information coming in. I was extent my symptoms amped up and I just had to step away because it was just mm-hmm. as much as I wanted to learn, it was just so much coming in. I just had to step away. Yeah. I don't know if you watched any of it. I haven't no, and I keep seeing it on people's stories on my on my Instagram and I keep thinking I need to watch some of this stuff. Really good. Um, but I think I miss some of it because of the time difference, I think mm-hmm. is tends to be what happens sometimes. But um but yeah, no, I think it's um it's something I need to I need to add to my my never ending list. I'm like, yeah, I need to watch those. 
Uh, well, I'm going to check up on you and see if you, if you do unplug in, in April. Oh, yeah, please <laughs> hold, hold me you. accountable. <laughs> oh, goodness. So what besides the docuseries, do you have anything else coming up? I'm definitely planning on doing um, a lot more online for like my yoga and vestibular stuff. Um, and I'm due to record like a personal update for, for YouTube as well, because the last time I did one was about a year ago. So I feel like it would be a good time for me to do like a personal uh, update on where I was in terms of last year. Do you have a YouTube channel too? I do, yeah. It's not got a lot on it at the moment, okay. um, but it's just an, it's just Emily Yoga. So um, okay. yeah, I've uploaded a few. There's a few um, Dizzy Yoga classes on there as well that are like Dizzy friendly, um, if anybody okay. wants to have, have a go at those. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's been it's been a year since I last recorded one and I'm about to have um, Botox injections for the vestibular migraine. So that would be a good thing for me to kind of um, report back on, I think, for people who are maybe considering that as an option. Have you done that before? I haven't. No, it's been, I mean, in England, you have to be on like a, because we have the NHS, we have to be on quite a big wait list. Oh, wow. um, so I've been on the waiting list, I think, about a year, like now. So it takes a while. You can go private, but it's it's so expensive that I, if it works, I'd have to keep paying for it myself. And then I just wouldn't be able to afford to do that. Oh, my goodness. So you, because you're considering Botox, you still, are you having painful migraines with the vestibular migraines? My migraines um, um, I don't... are silent. They don't really have pain. I just have weird symptoms. Yeah, I sometimes get pain. Like actually today I had a migraine with aura and I I get those every now and again, um, which I think is is hopefully what the, um, the the Botox will help with as well, because there's nothing worse than you already feel spaced out and off balance, throw in some blurred vision. Right. <laughs> you've got yourself, you've got yourself the worst day ever. So <laughs> what, what's happened for me today is, yeah, so we've had a whole load of snow kind of quite unexpectedly um, overnight. And then I have gone out today for a walk on my lunch break. And then as, as I was walking back, I started getting blurred vision. And I think what's happened is the snow, the, the white has been too much for my eyes. And it's like triggered a, like a, an actual um, migraine with aura. So I was like, oh, <laughs> but it's always reminds me of like, you know, how far I've come because when I get those on top of everything else, I think, wow, this is how I used to feel a lot of the time, you know, before, and it really is debilitating. So luckily it doesn't last too long. Um, and I know how to nip it in the bud now, but it's always a bit more, it's a bit more frustrating than anything. But um, but yeah, it's weird how migraine works, isn't it? It is. Now, is were you a migraine sufferer prior to your vestibular symptoms? Yeah, so I've had migraine so with aura since I was a teenager. So... I've got a migraine brain, um, but when the vestibular stuff started, I never ever associated it with migraine, and neither did my doctors for a, a long time, until I found out about vestibular migraine and brought it to them, and was like, "What well, found out about this thing?" And it feels like it might be what I'm going through. So, right. yeah, it's a weird one. Do you have nutritional triggers? Do you find? Yes. Um, do, do I always listen to them? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't either. At the start, I was very strict. Um, and then every time I eat something, there's always that 
angel and devil on my shoulder. Yes. And I've got to the point now where, for example, if it's Christmas, it's my birthday at Christmas as well. So, you know, there's a big piece of birthday cake and I'm like, if I eat this cake, I know I'm probably going to be paying for it. But do I want to miss out on the experience of having a piece of birthday cake on my birthday? No. Yeah. So I've kind of picked my battle. So I know what my triggers are. Um, caffeine's a big one, uh, processed food. Um, I am already vegan, but I think before that, I think um, dairy was a big trigger for me as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's I, I'm aware of my triggers, but I have to wait up every time I, I'm tempted to have something. I'm like, basically, I think to myself, have I got anything that I want to be fully alert for tomorrow? Or can I afford to have a bit of a, a vestibular hangover as as it, yes. as it were in the morning I kind of have to it's a bit of a a game isn't it to, to kind of figure out in your head of like if I do this now can I cope if I struggle then tomorrow morning so so yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a difficult one food <laughs> yeah challenge <laughs> okay <laughs> I do the same thing it's yeah. Crazy. yeah it's crazy how we automatically go there you know yeah yeah because foods I love food so much like I'm such a a food fan and I get like I don't drink and you know so, so for me food is a real like pleasure in life so to deprive myself of like my, one of my guilty pleasures is having like a McDonald's like I love McDonald's. <laughs> so every now and again I'm just like I need to have a McDonald's and I think then when I do that I know I'm going to struggle with it but I really enjoy it in that moment so yeah, it's just it's whatever works for you in your lifestyle, I think. Yes, and if you're thinking about it constantly, thinking about it constantly, you're just going to just do it and just... <laughs> yeah, exactly, know, yeah. Deal with it, yeah. Yes, it's such a hard one. Yeah, and and it's weird because there's, there's part of me that... So if I'm having a bad day with my vestibular stuff, I really love if I can pinpoint in my head what it's because of. There's nothing more frustrating than when something happens out of the blue and you're like... But I've done nothing, nothing wrong. I was with good it, today. Nothing. I, I was so good. Whereas if I know that, okay, I had, a, I had like, um, I don't know, a big piece of cake yesterday. I'm like, it's because of the cake. Or if I'm due on my period, I'm like, oh, I'm due on my period. Like, it's lovely to be able to put it down to something because I think a lot of the vestibular stuff, you don't have an answer for it, and it's that's one of the most frustrating things. Is it's you don't understand why. Like, why is my body doing this? Why am I feeling like, like this today? So when you've got a thing that you can be like, oh, it's because of that. It's really like on a mental level, it's like really reassuring. Right. That's for sure. I will tell you though, keep trying things maybe because our bodies do change. I will tell you, mm. I'm able to have a couple things that I wasn't able to have at the beginning. And mm -hmm. also um, just a couple months ago, I found a new trigger in pink grapefruit citrus. I can't have. It's a migraine. Oh, wow. Okay. No, it's such a bummer because I really love yeah. ruby red grapefruit. And we get it here in Florida. So it's like, yeah, not happy. <laughs> it's always the good stuff, isn't it? The stuff that you really, really crave or want that you're saying, oh. I know. <laughs> it stinks. And then almonds are a weird one that I, that I have a trigger to. And sometimes it's, a, okay. They say they're supposed to be good for migraines. Mm. Nope not here <laughs> yeah everyone everyone's so different though and I think that's yeah. another another struggle with the vestibular stuff is that people obviously will go to each other or the vestibular uh, patients and go okay well what do you do but it's so unique to each individual person that there's kind of an umbrella of things that you can try but you need to find your unique pattern of things so that's why it's so hard I think I completely agree 
is there any way we can support you in the community? Um, oh, I don't know. I've not been asked that before. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, it just probably just in terms of um, like with my yoga and stuff, I'd love to get the word out there about um, not just my yoga, but I think yoga in general. I think, um, I think like you mentioned earlier, it's, it's something which a lot of vestibular patients would shy away from. Um, but actually a lot of the vestibular therapists and stuff will say, you know, here are some things you can do, yoga being one of them. And then you think, wait, I can't, there's no way I could do yoga. Um, so I think kind of spreading the word about the reasons for why yoga is so amazing for vestibular patients and that it can be made really accessible, I think is is like one of the big things because it can it's it's not like any other physical exercise it's it can it can put your body into a state of of healing and of reset and I think not a lot of other physical activities can do that it can definitely be good for your health and your fitness but yoga is very different because it's it's very um yeah it's a very healing practice so I think the more vestibular patients know about the benefits of yoga and massage I think that can that would really help because that's one of my biggest things I think Absolutely. Well, we might have to do a figure out the hour difference and do mm -hmm. a, a live yoga class. And yeah, I'd love to. That would be so fantastic. Yeah, that would be that. amazing. Yeah, no, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Well, before we go, I wanted to do um, a whirlwind questions, which are just mm -hmm. questions, just whatever pops in your mind. And yeah. there's no wrong answer. Okay. All right. Let's see. In one word. What has living with a vestibular disorder taught you? Strength. Mm. And fill in yeah. the blank. Vestibular disorders are? Um, challenging. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you feel your symptoms are coming on and you're trying to be brave. What's the first thing that you do? If I sort of, what would I do to help my symptoms? Um, sit down and take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. What is one thing that people usually get wrong about you? Um, that I'm not struggling with a chronic illness, I would say. Yeah, it's it's, people are very surprised to know that it hasn't gone away, um, but my attitude's changed, so you wouldn't think that I was struggling so much, yeah. That's for me as well. They think, oh, you look so great. <laughs> yeah, because obviously you, you do all these things that are amazing for your health, and then you start glowing, and everyone's like, oh, my God, you look so well. And But yeah. inside, you can still really be struggling, so, yeah. That's for sure. What is your favorite vestibular-friendly meal? Um, I would say having something kind of plain, but still with flavor. So I'd always have like rice, vegetables, um, and some sort of like vegan um meat replacement or like tofu or something like that. Something plain, something that's easy to to digest, but still has a bit of flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so have certain brands that don't have like loads of um like additives and stuff that that are fairly clean. So those tend to be like my go my go tos really, yeah. Do you have a favorite book that has um that has inspired you over the years? 
oh my gosh I've got so many books I'm just looking at my my bookshelf <laughs> now um yeah because I'm I'm very much a um like a, a non-fiction reader so I love reading stuff where I'm learning self-development is Me like is my I am thing. a self, self junkie <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of people are because you kind of you go on this path of like healing and, you know, learning about yourself. And all of a sudden you opened up to this this brand new world of, you know, life changing stuff that you can implement in your life. I know. Um, but I think I'm trying to think. I mean, a recent one that I'm really enjoying um, is a book called Manifest um, by Roxy Nafusi. I think she's called Roxy Nafusi. Um, and it's basically it's about manifesting generally in life, but like how you can put it into practice in on all areas of your life, including your health and well-being. So I'm like really big into like my law of attraction and like energy and stuff like that. So I think anything that's kind of speaks to me on that, like more spiritual level is is. Yeah, that's normally works really well for me. Nice. Do you listen to podcasts? Um, I do. I don't listen as much as I as I should <laughs> good yeah there's a couple um, that are really great out there that are yeah like that. I, I do like a podcast um but just yeah anything that's to do with self-development is completely my sort of thing anything that I can implement and make my life better healthier yeah. is is definitely my thing yeah there's one called manifestation babe she's really okay. awesome she's really great and then um Ed Milet I'll have to send them okay. to you. They are yeah, just, please do. When I'm walking, I'll plug it in. Or if I'm driving long distance, um, I'll listen to it. And I just walk away with just lightness and just mm-hmm. oh, just aha moments. And I love that every time. So. Yeah, I, I think that sort of stuff can be really powerful. Like I will every day, um, I listen to like affirmations, like when I'm getting ready. And I, it's like ones that you repeat afterwards. And I think those sorts of things are so you don't sort of realize that they're having an impact but then over time you mm-hmm. can feel the benefits of it so I'm a big like advocate of anything like that I think it's really powerful yeah yeah and you said something in, hugely important that you have to verbally say it out loud and mm-hmm. it's just something about saying that it's more empowering and uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's yeah the same thing here so. yeah and then the, the gratitude stuff is I mean every day I write down 10 things that I'm grateful for and a lot of the time I try and focus on physical gratitude so you know I'm grateful for my ears because they allow me to hear music and my friends conversations and you know I go through every part of my body and think okay well I do struggle with this but how lucky am I to have my legs that allow me to walk and explore and do all these things so I think that that combined with affirmations can be can be really powerful. Well, that leads me to my next question. Do you have a morning slash bedtime routine, ritual routine of self? Yeah, I'm 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 really big on my <laughs> my routines. I'm such a a creature of habit. Um, so I try not to go on my phone for like the first hour of the day. Um, and I instead I'll do a five minute meditation, which I really believe that everyone has got time for. Um. I think five minutes is 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 a speck in your day. So I think if, if you can bring even a one minute meditation, right. um, there's loads on YouTube. So I'll do a short meditation. I'll do a list of ten things that I'm grateful for. Um, I try and read like five pages of a book. Um, so it's not very much, but it's it's still ticking it along. Um, and then yeah, then just kind of get myself 
up and hydrated and taking my supplements, doing my affirmations. So I just feel like the days when I don't do all of that, I have a really unproductive day. Um, whereas the days that I get all that in, and it doesn't take me very long to do, um, when I do all of that, I kind of have got a spring in my step. So yeah, that's the morning. And then in the evening, I've kind of got some similar things. Like I'll put my Cephaly on, you know, the little migraine oh, yeah. device. So I wear that in an evening. Um, I have a Shakti mat. I don't know if you have Shakti oh, mats. Oh, no, it's on, my, like, it's on my want list. <laughs> oh, it's so, honestly, I can't wait till I get it, yes. Oh, my gosh. So, so that for me is like, I'll tend to, to lay on that and I might read a few pages of a book or that might be when I listen to a podcast, but... If you have, yeah, yeah, if you haven't got a Shakti mat, it's it's so, so good. I, I compare it to getting into a hot bath. Your body just oh. kind of goes, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Then I'll have to. We're living in an RV now, and I miss my bath so bad. So I'll have to do that. I'll have to get that. Oh, <laughs> yes, so, do. I mean, it's painful at first, but it, it over time, like, it becomes really enjoyable. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because now it's, like, refired my interest in getting one. It's just uh, on my on my wish list. Yes, I definitely recommend one. I love mine. What is an activity that completely relaxes you? Um, te- teaching yoga and doing massage. Um, my my mind can't be anywhere but with the people that I am with in that room. So I cannot if I'm guiding somebody through a yoga practice, there's no way I can be worrying about anything else. And it's the same with a massage is because I do relaxation massages. I have relaxing music on the lights are dead. And again, I just go into like a trance state. And I think anything where you are in, in that kind of trance, whether it's teaching yoga or doing a massage, that's when I find myself completely switching off. So, and I think that's why I'm so keen to be doing it for my full-time job because how amazing would it be to be in that state yeah. <laughs> all to, all the time oh throughout goodness. the week? <laughs> awesome. Yes, it's great. What movie could you watch over and over and never tire of? Um, The Lion King. Aw, the new one or the original? Definitely. <laughs> I'm a proper kind of like Disney. Um, The, the, the original, like the, the old original. one, the cartoon one. Yeah. yeah, it reminds me of being a kid and just, yeah, I was just obsessed with Simba when I was little. So it's like very familiar, very comforting, Aww. makes me cry still every time I watch it. Oh, that's <laughs> but yeah, so that, that would be the one. <laughs> Aww, that is great. What um tool is your most used tool out of your uh, vestibular toolbox? Um, My blue light blocking glasses or like that's the first thing I reach for um followed by my cephaly if I'm having like a bad day or I've got a lot of pain or even the dizziness I find it helps with that so I think those are my two main things yeah I um I think Alicia Alicia talks about the cephaly a lot the dizzy cook mm-hmm. yes yeah I it. think that's where I first saw them actually cool. yeah it's, it's really I don't think it helps everybody I think it's very like I was saying earlier very unique to the person using it but um for me I, I love that it can it can just for me it takes the edge off so there's like oh, a preventative mode Emma what does it do exactly um, I'm not familiar my, 
my understanding, and I might butcher this, but um, so I apologize if anybody actually knows the full ins and outs of it, but it kind of stimulates, I think, is it the vagus nerve that kind of runs along okay. your forehead, which I think is what's responsible for for migraine symptoms. Um, and I think it works a little bit like a TENS machine. So it helps yeah. kind of um, relax that area and then allows everything else to calm down um because one of the kind of knock-on effects of it is that it can make you quite sleepy does it have so a slight it, vibration yeah so it's a little bit painful um yeah. so when it's similar to the shakti mat actually when you first start using it it's like oh my gosh this is really intense and then right. now I put it on and I'm just like walking around the house yeah right so, um yeah it's a really I mean it's a little bit expensive but for me it was like a, a health investment because it charges and you know, it's it's like something I'll have with me that I know, right, I can sit for 20 minutes and I'll put it on and I'll just close my eyes and it just, yeah, it just, I feel like it's, um it takes the edge off, definitely. Mm. That sounds lovely. I'm sitting here with, I, I woke up with a migraine this morning and oh, it's, no. it's muted right now and I'm thinking, oh, that sounds heavenly. <laughs> yeah. So I'll have to look into that for sure. It is. It's really nice. It's really helpful. Well, I know that you uh, practice gratitude. And my final question is, what are you extremely grateful for today? Oh, my gosh. Um, it, it, I just find it really hard because I, I'm at a point in my life where I'm so I'm genuinely so grateful for, for everything because I've gone along this journey of, you know, finding my own happiness and finding my peace and acceptance with life with a vestibular disorder. And I'm genuinely just so grateful to be here and be happy and yeah. be in a position where that I never thought I'd be in so I think every day I'm just grateful for waking up and feeling like I can go out and achieve some of my goals because it was it was didn't feel possible five years ago so yeah I'm very grateful for that I think well I'm so happy we finally connected and and then yeah, I learned a little too. bit about your story yeah, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing your Life Rebalanced yes, video as well. I can't wait. And I will reach out to you about the online yoga class. I think we can get enough people together and um, do that as a group. That would be fantastic. Um, I would love yeah. that. So, so yeah, we that will sounds amazing. Definitely, I'm definitely for that. Yes. So we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you so much, Emma, for coming on no, today. You're, thank you so much for having me. Like, I, I absolutely... I love sharing my story because like I said before, if there was some way for me to have done this a few years ago, it would have been, it mentally would have been so helpful. So I'm always so happy to give whatever I can back to the vestibular community. So yeah, thank you. Thank you, Emma. This was such a special treat today. You can practice yoga with Emma at the link below. And if you happen to be lucky enough to live near Sheffield in the UK, be sure to book a massage with her too. Thank you, Emma, for all you do for the vestibular community and for sharing so much of your story with us. If you had a takeaway or something that resonated with you today, please reach out on social media and tag us. If you haven't left a review yet, let us know how you'd like the podcast or any constructive feedback is welcome. I absolutely love hearing from you and knowing what is resonating with you in the community. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to reach out to Emma or myself, please see the show notes below. For more information on vestibular disorders, please visit the VITA website at www.vestibular.org. Now remember to love yourself, 
do the hard work, lean on this beautiful community, and lastly, believe that healing is possible. We'll see you next week, Warriors. Thank you.